Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Alrighty. Uh, shout out to, uh, to Greg, Gregory... What's Greg's name, man? Um, Gregory Rohrer. Uh, you can look him up on Instagram. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, but Greg actually gave me a little, uh, actually a big tip uh, with the new short MB, uh, MB7. Uh, I didn't know it was a dynamic microphone. And so I was using like Phantom Power, but he said it could actually damage the mic. So, uh, you know, I tested it. And uh, apparently this thing has like, uh, it just detects like vocal uh, vocal waves. And as I sends it through the microphone, then that's what actually like um, kind of powers the microphone, I guess. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Greg. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for the tip. Really appreciate it. And because now I don't need to use uh, Phantom Phantom Power for any of this stuff. Uh, but you did not come here to hear about uh, techno jargon savo stuff. You came here because you said, "What the fuck is a LUT? What are LUTs, right?" And I think most of us know what a LUT is or a lookup table. Um, at the end of the day, basically, a LUT converts a, you know, a log image or a flat image, a flat picture profile, a log uh, image to Rec 709 or something in that realm where you're not looking at a completely flat image, right? Um, but I feel that LUTs now, especially in 2021 and, you know, for the foreseeable future, LUTs have become sort of like a um like a crutch you know where people are selling LUTs uh under the guise that if you put this LUT on that your image will all of a sudden look much better right and that is completely false um LUTs are there for again for us as as image makers as cinematographers to understand what an image can look like uh in post and and then from there, you know, the, the sky's the limits, right? You can you can use multiple LUTs. People do for uh, for certain things. You can have maybe like two or uh, two or three LUT workflow. You have like your regular seven hundred nine conversion LUT, and then you have like a film uh, film look LUT or a show LUT. Afterwards, that you apply to it, uh, maybe it's a it's a it's a film convert grain LUT something like that. And that's really what LUTs are for. You know, LUTs are basically just to convert your your flat your flat image to something that is in the realm of of like a baseline, right? And then from there, you can put on additional LUTs. Um, but to think that like a LUT is going to save your image is is just, you know, it's just ridiculous, you know? And and I see this trend over and over again, right? Where people are selling their, their you know, their brand new LUT pack um, because it's going to give you that cinematic look, right? And that word in itself is becoming uh, sort of watered down, right? Everything is, is now cinematic, cinematic movement, cinematic LUT, cinematic lighting, cinematic everything you know and, and it's just and it's just getting it's just getting ridiculous now it's getting absurd now to the point where you know i wanted to make this this episode because um if you were looking at getting like a lot pack from from you know person a or person b uh you know just kind of be cautioned with it because a lot isn't going to make your image go from you know shitty to you know not so shitty uh i mean you know the thing with with the thing with images right if you look at a image uh, from a movie or from a still photographer and you look at it and you say wow man that's a really good image 
chances are the reason why the image is really good is you know a few factors right number one it's the lighting number two it could be uh really like the lens that they're that they're using uh number three it's it's the depth right it's you know foreground elements midground elements background elements it's the wardrobe it's the makeup it's the the set design that's the it's the location right those are the things that really make an image pop right and, and a lot is not going to do that and I, I i feel and i fear that um many young filmmakers many people that are getting into uh industry because again i made this mistake too where you know when i first started out um i was told that you know shoot everything in log if you can right because then you have more more room to play around the image right the hard part is when you're using like like an 8-bit 420 image it's really hard to to push an image in any kind of meaningful way. And especially when you put a LUT on that, say that LUT was meant for like a 10-bit 422 camera um, or, or a camera that has a really strong codec, um, sometimes you just fuck up the image and it just looks terrible. You know, you start getting banding in certain areas where um, where you didn't see it on the day because maybe you're just using the little onboard monitor for uh, the or the built-in monitor for the camera. It's hard to really gauge things, right? And you bring it into... Premiere, Resolve, or Final Cut, and you're like, what the hell? Why is the sky like breaking apart? Or, you know, or why why is this little leak of light on the wall uh, looking all pixelated, right? And and a lot of times because those LUTs are doing things that the camera just can't handle, right? And now we have like, you know, LUTs that kind of conform to like, it's a universal LUT. You know, you buy this LUT, it'll work on Canon, it'll work on Sony, it'll work on Blackmagic, it'll work on uh fuji right and 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 yes i mean you for the most part it, it it can quote unquote work um but most of the time you're you're you have to dial in you have to dial back the intensity to let to the point where the let really isn't doing anything anymore you know uh so what are some of the lets that i've used in the past that i still use and uh, ones that i don't use anymore so one that i use a lot um previously was film convert i use it a lot um i think it was uh the vision the Vision 3 or um, the one that just kind of looked, in, you know, somewhat neutral. Uh, Eterna is always a good one to Eterna 500. 500. Eterna 500. Um, but yeah, I used Foam Cover a lot just because it was the closest thing that I thought, again, right in my mind, I thought that, you know, looked pretty good, looked pretty decent. Um, and so I did use that. Uh, after a while, I started to not use the actual... Um, film emulation LUT and I just use the grain because I actually do enjoy like the grain control for, for, for film convert. Uh, so I use that for a while. Um, I did use a uh, magic bull looks from red giant uh, as I, I liked their film emulation better because you could actually control the, um, the film negative and the film print, right? So you had full control over both aspects of it. Uh, they also had uh, their grain control, which I liked a lot because you can actually get into like the red channel, the blue channel, the green channel, um, you can adjust the things like the texture size, the type of film, like 35, 16, 8, uh, things like that. Um, and, and so I use Magic Bullet looks a lot, again, just because you can play around with like the different, um, the different film emulation, the, like the film negative and then the, and then the, uh, the digital print. So that was pretty cool. I uh, had some pretty good results uh, with Magic Bullet looks. Um, what else? I did use the EOS HD. I think everyone has fucking used the EOS HD, um, whatever pro LUT thing. Um, I did use that for a little bit on the Sony cameras and uh, I did use the EOS HD, uh, C log, the Canon log one, uh, when I was, when I was using Canon cameras and there, it was, it was okay, you know, but I feel like sometimes you can, you can go like overboard with those really easy. 
right? It's like an on-off switch. It's either on or it's off. And and sometimes when it's on, it's like, oh man, that's a little too much, you know? People looking like Oompa Loompas and and the sky just looking, you know, extremely uh, over oversaturated, right? So I did use those. Um, and I mean, now the only, the only LUT that I really used since I switched over to um, the FX9 are the Phantom LUTs uh, from Joel Ferraro, I think. Um, I, I got that recommendation from Kenzen Takahashi. If you haven't listened to that podcast episode with Kenzen, definitely check it out. Uh, that was a banger. And uh, so I tried out the Phantom LUTs because I, I saw Kenzen's work and I was like, damn, okay, that looks pretty good, you know? And and so I purchased a LUT for, uh, for the FS7, played around with it on the A7 III, and I really liked the LUT because, again, it's just taking like the, the S-Log 2 or S-Log 3 image and converting it to Rec 709 that's um, emulating the uh, Airy Log uh, C Rec 709, right? And um, I like what Joel did because, you know, he owned at the time when he made the LUT, the original Phantom LUTs, he took his FS7 and he took his Aria Mira and, you know, he spent weeks like, matching them, matching the two. And I feel like he's done a really good job. And then when the FX9 came out, he matched the FX9 with his Alexa Mini, right? So he he's actually, you know, taking the actual data from, from the Airy camera and matching it as best as he can to the FX9 or the FS7, right? So I do I use the Phantom LUTs really just as like baseline. And then, you know, usually after that, I, I only do a couple things. Like I I adjust the contrast, like I mean, not a lot, just like a little bit, you know, like uh in in um what is it in resolve, I might bring up the contrast anywhere from like, you know, point point two to like point five. Like that's it. Just a little bit of contrast. Um, and then just the typical stuff like power windows to bring things up, bring things down, uh, maybe tracking a face, um, doing a little vignette, like a global vignette. And I mean, that's really it, you know, um, he also does have film LUTs that he's created himself that I think are, you know, they're okay. They're nothing like crazy. Um, but I will say that like, they don't fuck up the image, you know, uh, using the FX9, uh, the film lets I have used uh, Division, Division Teal, the Eternal Ones, the Eastman, the Bleach. Um, they look good, right? As in, like, they don't fuck up the entire image where like, if something looks overly saturated or or super down or uh, I get banding, things like that, right? It's the first time I've used a LUT that actually didn't, um, that, that, that didn't really fuck up the image. So I'm happy with the Phantom LUTs. Um, and I know people are... Looking at, I think the guys from D Hanser hit me up a while ago. I just never got back to them because it was like another, um, you know, film grain, film animation line. I was like, oh, fuck, another one of these things. But I did watch Brandon Lee's recent video on D Hanser, and I mean, it looks okay, you know? Um, so that's something that you guys might want to check out. I'm not sponsored by them. I don't even own the thing. So, you know, I just saw it recently, and I like Brandon's work. So um, that might be an option. Film coverage is out there. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff coming out, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, right, uh, I feel as as a cinematographer, really just find, like, a solid Rex 709 LUT that you like and then go from there, right? Because it's better to just, you know, better to expose and better to light with 709. Um, and, again, just, like, just as a baseline, right? And then from there, if the post house wants to do something um, more with it or crazy with it, then, you know, Go by all means, go for it. Uh, I will. I will say this though. Like one mistake that I think I can look back on now is again trying to use a LUT to make up for the lack of of your lighting, to make up for the lack of location, to make up for the lack of of uh, wardrobe and set design. Right. Um, really, like it really comes down to all those things. 
and the lenses, man. Like, like that, that's really, that's really it. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed this quick little episode. You know, I, a lot of people are, are telling me that they're listening to the podcast on like their, their commute to work or they're on the bus or they're, uh, going out for a walk or anything like that, you know? So I really do enjoy these, these shorter form, um, these shorter form pieces of content that can also bring value to you, you know? And again, with LUTs too, it was like, you know, we've seen the LUTs so much over and over again. It's like, buy this LUT, buy that LUT, buy this LUT. And like, everybody has a fucking LUT now, you know? Except me, your boy does not have a LUT because I, I don't even know how to make the LUT. I just use other people's LUTs because they're better at that. Um, but uh what is new um not much uh i I am in post-production for uh, my next upcoming short film called uh the park uh that is a working title but i think that is the actual title uh once it's exported it's looking pretty good um you know the last film uh, my last short film heart uh we got quarter finalists at the new york television and film festival we uh we won uh, best uh, micro, best micro short film at the Eastern European International Movie Awards, and then we got an honorable mention at the Halo Film International Film Festival. So I'm hoping to take this one, uh, this next one, the Park, to um, uh, on the film festival circuit again. Uh, some more local ones if I can, like California, uh, mid, you know, West Coast, Midwest stuff like that. Right, obviously New York too. Um, that is about that is about it i think so uh and then yeah youtube you know we're we're, i'm going to be putting out some more youtube videos before the end of the year and uh, again you know that december time comes around that that's the last month i'm gonna be making youtube videos forever so if you want something uh if you want me to review if you want me to make a video on something that i have or that i can make let me know you're more than happy to put in the time for you all uh and again still, still trying to get some more interviews lined up for everyone um, but that is about it, friends. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do, if you did enjoy the episode, please rate it on uh, Apple iTunes podcast. I'd appreciate it. Subscribe to the podcast as always, just so you're notified of new podcast episodes coming out. Oh, wait, we got new stuff. We got Ursa Mini 12K price drop, whatever. You got the new Red V Raptor ST uh, vinyl wrapped version, whatever. Um, I'm still looking for the new Airy camera, man. Where is where's the new Airy camera? Where's the new Alexa? Where's the new where's the new Super 35? That's what I want to know. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, dude, I've been seeing everyone everyone selling their Komodos, selling their Gemini's. It's like, man, it is what it is. Anyways, I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Ciao.